1: just have an opportunity to act, or to sing, or to dance, or to do whatever you do. You get to showcase that and share it with somebody for that little bit of time. And that's a joy, that's a pleasure.
0: Welcome to another episode of In the Envelope. Welcome, actors, artists. Film and TV, pop culture, fans, and I hope uh, this week, maybe some Shakespeare nerds, fellow Shakespeare nerds. We have an excellent episode for you, courtesy of the very talented, the brilliant interview, Corey Hawkins, who you likely know from such projects as Straight Outta Compton, in which he played Dr. Dre, Black Klansman, in which he kind of stole the movie in the middle of the movie with that beautiful sermon that he gives. But he's also been on and off broadway he is a dc born but new york trained actor and just the perfect backstage interview he is chock full of craft tips philosophical wisdom everything he says about auditions is what i like to call pure gold um and this year corey stars on both in the heights and the tragedy of macbeth two completely different projects that are both absolutely in the awards conversation which at this time of year especially those of us at backstage we are working hard at you know narrowing down the contenders informing readers about what they need to know about this upcoming sag awards oscars all of that speaking of backstage two uh, editorial pieces of content i would like to mention editorial pieces of note um we have a news article on the newly formed juilliard black alumni association of which Corey hawkins is one of the members we're going to link to it to that in the episode description and the article that goes with this piece i encourage you to check that out and i'm throwing in a piece on the best shakespeare monologues for you know studying and auditioning actors and i just have to say it is one of many such resources on on the bard on backstage.com So I honestly, I encourage you to check out the monologues piece and then just click on the Shakespeare tag because that will take you to all of our many advice pieces. There's so many resources. Listen, as Corey says in this interview in which we touched on working with Denzel Washington and Frances McDormand in Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth, Shakespeare is pretty timeless. It's pretty eternal. And there is a reason that actors continue to play these roles and speak these monologues in auditions and learn about humanity, and poetry, and truth itself, with these 400-year-old plays. I'm, my inner nerd is showing. Let's get to it. Let's take a quick break and then get to this lovely interview with Corey Hawkins. Thank you so much, Corey joining us. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor, someone at the beginning of your artistic career and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In The Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout, that's backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you want to be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe. Enter the code envelope. Corey Hawkins' training at the Juilliard School of Drama set him on the path toward becoming what he calls a well-rounded actor. And now, with a Tony, Emmy, and two SAG Award nominations, he's well on his way. Corey has appeared on and off Broadway in Straight Out of Compton, The Walking Dead, 24 Legacy, Black Klansmen, and Survive, and this year enters the awards conversation both as Benny in Lynn Manuel Miranda's movie musical In the Heights, and as Lord Macduff in Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington and Frances McDormand. Here is the brilliant Corey Hawkins. Corey, hi, how are you? I'm good, Jack, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, is this a full day of of press around Macbeth?
1: Uh, this is pretty much a full day of press around Macbeth. Um, we just had our uh, London Film Festival premiere, which happened to be closed at night. Fabulous, um, right. That was incredible. So fun, yeah. Yeah, we had a really good time.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like everyone's returning to something like normal. And so premieres are extra special now.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back in person. It's good to be, yeah. um, you know, it's just fun- it's finally good to just be in a room with other people yeah. um, and be together again like this. Uh, you know, for me, it's the magic of when those when the lights dim, you know, and then oh, everyone my gosh. You know, you can popcorn and candy gets unwrapped, and and everybody's together, and and you know the cell phones get turned off, and everyone gets to just sit in the space and actually be with each other. I, I think we've all missed missed that, and and sort of craved that. Oh yeah, I I like I've underestimated it. I feel like it's the
0: the power of like the big screen, and this is a big screen movie. I think also.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> there's 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 no question about it. Speaking of big screen movie, I mean it's. The theater we were in um, holds, you know, it's it's the Royal Festival Hall. So it holds uh-huh. thousands of people wow. and the screen. And so Joel was, we were talking about, you know, sitting through it. And, you know, we were like, of course, we got to sit through it. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> it, he also just wanted to see how it played because he, I don't think he had seen it in in a theater that big as sure. well. As the audience reaction and everything. And it was magical, man. Are, you, are there any trepidations about watching your own
0: work? sitting through that whole movie, like you just said?
1: There's always trepidations <laughs> sitting next to <laughs> you. I'm like, I was literally like, uh, every time I come on screen, you know, it's just, just everything inside you just tenses up and you just look down <laughs> at the floor and and, and <laughs> hopes that it's different from what you did before. I don't know what, I don't know what <laughs> I'm hoping. I mean, I, I just, cause at a certain point, you you, I mean, you can't do anything about like you, you do your work and you, hmm. then you let it go. And so when you watch it, um, it's just a stra- It's just a very strange uh, feeling to see yourself projected up there, and you start noticing all your imperfections and this and that, and, you know. And then it just sure. goes down a rabbit hole. But I am. I will say, you know, I I will watch this movie again and again solely for the this this incredible cast, this incredible crew, um, and just the work that everybody put into this man. Like it, it is. It is, in my estimation, it's a masterpiece. Of, yeah, a, of a piece of cinema, and and it's a master class when you watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And your your performance, you're doing great work
0: in this movie and in, in, in The Heights, so congratulations on, like, a really great year. Thank and you. talk Thank about you. two completely opposite roles. These are two completely opposite movies, so it's <laughs> <that's> really <laughs> impressive. Um, you've spoken to Backstage before, so I know you know, but could you – Tell me about your relationship with Backstage. Did you ever use Backstage for casting notices?
1: I remember, I mean, Backstage was all we looked at when I was, I mean, I grew up in, well, came up in New York, actually, I grew up in D.C., but but New York was home for, you know, over 10 years. And after I graduated from drama school, Backstage was all we (laughs) looked at. Like, we were just addicted to it because we were just like, you know, just the opportunities it provided, the information it provided, like it was our link to, um, to, to the, to the industry and I'll be forever grateful for that. And, and, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see it shift over the years as, as you know, time and technology has shifted over the years as well. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that, um, it's growing. The platform is growing and, and, yeah. and it still, it still provides that, that same thing that we were looking for as, as totally. young actors, um, just graduating school gosh that's so great thank you um
0: we love of course asking about the training and I'm going to ask you a lot about I want to really ask about Juilliard and in fact Mm -hmm. the Juilliard Black Alumni Association was formed this year and I have to ask you about that too but yes um in terms of the training what are the takeaways like of course you did Shakespeare at Juilliard did you do any like musical theater stuff as well like I assume that your Juilliard training must be very formative for what you're doing today
1: it uh, uh, certainly for for you know for Shakespeare and, and we can talk about that <laughs> later. Um, I'm ready to nerd out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, me too, me too. Uh, but in terms of musical theater, we you know the focus at Juilliard is to just create a well-rounded artist, right? Like that's the that's the goal, and whatever that means to you, it's incumbent upon you as a student. And I think this is true is in, in, in all drama school. What, what you bring to it and what you, everything you bring to it is is what you get out of it. And so for me, you know, I, I grew up singing. I grew up singing in the church and I grew up singing with my, you know, my, grandmother uh, who was a deaconess and my great grandmother who was a pastor um and ran a church she just passed away at 103 but she was still in church up until you know grandma great grandma was you know but that was my anyways that gospel roots were was my love i never considered myself a singer because i have way too much respect for the people who actually call it a discipline like it is a it is a the training that goes into it and everything in the same I have respect for the craft of acting and people who do that and know that. It's it's a, that's why I had trouble calling myself a singer. People like, oh, stop, you just why aren't you calling yourself a singer? That's I'm true. like, I understand what goes into that and the discipline. And uh, and so I wanted to to make sure within the height side. Um, put everything into that. But we had Deb Lapidus at Juilliard, who also is, I mean, she's one of the best teachers of musical theater. Um, She teaches at NYU as well. And she, I just thank her for that. I mean, Oscar Isaac had her, Jessica Mm -hmm. Chastain had her, you know, everybody, everybody, Adam Driver, like when we were there, like everybody had her. And she was our, uh, she was my rock. Yeah. It sounds also, I love your point
0: about the It's true for any training program, and maybe it's true for a life in the arts of Mm -hmm. you get out of it what you want to put into it. It's it's to what extent was that empowering? Like, did you know what path through the arts you wanted? Was it stage? Was it screen? How has the goal changed since those early days? I think if
1: your intent and your goal is pure, I think no matter what profession you're in, that is going it is always going to continue to evolve. And so for me, the goal while I was at, the goal before Juilliard was, you know, I thought I was gonna go to California and go, I went to another school in, Cal, in California before I went to Juilliard, cause I didn't think I had it in me to get into Juilliard. So I didn't even audition. So that was, you know, what I thought my path was gonna be. And then I realized it was something different. And then that brought me back to New York City. And then after Juilliard, or the whole time we were at Juilliard the only goal was to be a working actor like that was the thing it was like whether we were doing repertory or um a regional theater or whatever that is that was the goal was to work on things that um that that mean a lot to us and 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 just grind on the boards yeah broadway was the you know the olympics like that was like if you made it to broadway like you know that's just it, it, that's it, and mm-hmm. I think it's th- that that that's still true. But um, but yeah, for me, it just sort of started to shift over time. Um, started doing off Broadway, and then then finally, uh, luckily, I I got to do Romeo and Juliet on Broadway, and then that changed and evolved, and then I went from that to doing the action movie with Liam Neeson, <laughs> and like you know Gosh. jumping back over it. So it was just uh, it, uh yeah.
0: It is crazy. And I feel like also you're, yeah, those projects are all over the place genre wise or tone wise. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you get a role like an action movie with Liam Neeson? What, what was that? Out- <laughs> like, What was the the big break into Hollywood? Was this a question of getting the agent and doing a bunch of auditions or?
1: I, that was it. I mean, I, when I, I did Raising in the Sun in, um, at, at, Ju- at Juilliard with Daniel Brooks, my senior year. yes, And, uh, she played my wife in the in in I played Walter Lee in, and uh, she, she, uh, we, we, we all in that class like we talked about what that next step was, what that leap would be, and so from there I got an agent, and then the agent, you know, from there it was just literally hearing no all the time, just no, 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 <laughs> to this, to that, not enough this, not enough credits, you know, there's always that too, right? Like there was always the thing of like. It was a, a, what do they call it? Catch, catch 22. Like, you know, like it was just like, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to show them what I can do if they don't give me the opportunity? And then they're like, yeah, but you gotta, you know, it was just, it just drove me mad. And then, but for me, it was just like, you just don't give up. You know, I I think that's what it is. And and that Liam Neeson film was nonstop. I still talk to Liam this day. We were both actually just shooting in uh, Berlin. Uh, He was doing his film and I'm shooting my film literally In two sound two sound stages right next to each other, it's, it's just crazy. But huh. yeah, we did nonstop. That's why I, I first met Lupita uh, Nyong'o and you know Julianne Moore. And again, we all keep in contact to this day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I had a tiny role in it, but I was there for for months shooting. And I, you know, sometimes I felt like an extra just sitting on the plane. You know, <laughs> like in this action, thing. Liam's beating the heck out of me. And you know, we just had a good really good time um in that film action drama thriller and then went back to the boards you know so yeah always back to the boards
0: yeah that's what it comes yeah. back to. um do you have an audition philosophy or audition advice that you always give no because i think i'm, I think I'm the like worst love auditions. auditions so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm the worst yeah i don't know like i, I think because that's the other thing. Some people are really, really good at auditioning. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, some people are not great at auditioning, but then can show up and and just do the, the work. Um, but we do have to learn and understand what that is, the process of auditioning. And, but what I, I did realize, and this is the thing, this is where the shift was for me, was that auditioning became, it wasn't them auditioning me, right? And, and I might have even, I, I was probably being presumptive you know, back then when I when I didn't have a leg to stand on a credits or anything like that. But I was like, this is my opportunity to go into a room and see if these are the people that I want to be working with, right? Yeah. Like, is this something that I I want to be a part of? Um, how is this? Because if I get this role, I have to work with these people for the next few months or a year or whatever that is. Sure. It, 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 so, so that shift in thinking for me definitely helped. Um, helped level the playing field a little bit. It helped me feel like, you know, don't, you know, choose me, choose me, choose me. That that sort of started to go out of the window and I sort of, but it's a sacrifice too, you know what I mean? Because you, again, you're gonna hear no a lot and you have to be willing to sacrifice for that.
0: Right. Did you know from the beginning that there would be lots of no's? Like, were you prepared for that? I
1: think so. Um, also, the other thing is that Juilliard, you don't audition. Once you get in, you don't audition for anything while you're there. They just right. catch And I think that's a little different from some other drama schools. So we weren't really, I think we were, we came in maybe thinking, okay, we are about to, you know, <laughs> let's come out and knock it out the park. Like, you know what I mean? Here we are, sure. we're here. And then I, I honestly, I think I I might've expected it to be a little different and, or to happen sooner or quicker. And, and honestly, I think it has happened relatively quick for me in, in, in perspective and looking back. Um, but I consider this a career, so it's not a it's not a sprint for me. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, again, sometimes it was just, if I could just get, you know, two auditions or, or even one audition every couple of months or something like that, you know, sometimes it was really slow and it was really hard. We had to get other jobs. And I mean, it was just, it, it was the struggle, but it was a beautiful struggle. It was a struggle that we really enjoyed and kind of, loved on, you know what I mean? And I think it yeah. built us, built our character. All of my friends that come from that New York uh, scene, we're all working now gr- gratefully so, blessedly so, you know. So, but I did I I definitely thought I'd hear no a lot less <laughs> than I did. And then again, that shift in thinking, again, the opportunity to go into a room, again, not just the level of playing field, but to go into a room and literally just have an opportunity to act or to yeah. sing, or to dance, or to do whatever you do, you get to showcase that and share it with somebody for that little bit of time. And that's a joy, that's a pleasure. We don't get yeah. that often. So that's what I look at auditioning as, as beautiful. well.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that's exactly what like, especially early career working actors need to hear. It sounds right. also like auditioning, as you're saying about Juilliard, they don't have an auditioning class per se. Mm-hmm. It's not the real world, it's more It's more ensconced,
1: right? Like. It's, it's changing though, They, they when uh, I was, yeah, so it's definitely, they're shifting and that's the beautiful part about Juilliard is that they are, they understand what the mindset is, you know, and so it's not quite a bubble, but it is shifting now so that they're yeah. starting to, you know, understand you, cause you, your classes, you're working with casting directors too, in your fourth year. So, you know, you uh-huh. do get an opportunity to go out there and kind of see <laughs> what it's like before. Yeah. Getting thrown into the deep end, Yeah. yeah.
0: Because there's exactly. nothing like doing it for real i guess but i'm, I'm i am hearing kind of in general academia is realizing we want to prepare our artists for the real world and for actors that means auditioning and so yes it and can't they just they, be craft
1: no I mean because half of the time we don't get the opportunity to do most of the time that's what we're doing is auditioning you know yeah. um i don't care i don't care how far you go like you know even as a producer you're auditioning you know for or as a director you're auditioning for these producers or as a you know it, even as an actor you're still auditioning other people for you know mm-hmm. as you rise you're auditioning your director you're auditioning you know so it's just a, a matter of shifting that that thinking mm-hmm. and i think schools and like you said academia i think it's starting to shift for the better um, yeah i or at least i hope you know and and your idea about like each
0: is an opportunity to act and, and you're absolutely right that's a, it's kind of an actress full-time is to audition and so the audition room is the chance to practice yeah. Are you the, the character building and the role preparation that you do for auditions? Is that kind of the same that you do for a role? How similar are those two processes? Oh, that's a good question. And of course, it's <laughs> changed over the years.
1: It has. It has, man, because I'm, you know, uh, I'm also learning to work with a level of ease. And I'm also learning that ease is actually helping me and has helped me in the past with auditions because Sometimes when you try to do too much, you know what I mean? Or you try to over prepare, um, sometimes it takes focus away from other jobs that that or other auditions that you because you you, you only have so much on your plate, right? You only have so much bandwidth and then you have to live life as well. And and that informs everything that you do in that audition room, everything you do in in that audition room. And so I think part of. Yeah. So there's a a little bit of um, my prep for the for roles differs greatly. Like sure. if it's a if it's a period piece, I mean there's a whole different process for that, you know, accent or whatever that is. But the great part about going through drama school or studying or training is that you're prepared and you have the tools that you need. You know, you have that roadmap. You know, it's like you don't need the roadmap. If you know, if you're driving, you get lost, you don't need a you need a roadmap, but if you're driving, you know where you're going, you don't need it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us inherently know, uh, when we get these auditions, we know what to do, you know what I mean? But sometimes, yeah, you know, getting our own head and, and getting our own way a little bit. So ease, I think letting it, letting it go. I've definitely learned, you know, you don't have to stress, stress about being off book or, yes. or, you know, that sort of thing it used to bother me. I'm like, I go into a room and I'm like, Oh, you know, uh, you know, and, and you you're, you're worried about that instead of living and and being here you know yeah. and, and i think there's something um again ease you know finding and, and whatever that means for you as an artist or you as an actor or, Ah, yeah, that is so key yeah it does
0: mean different, thing, different things for different people and the it mm-hmm. goes back to the like no neediness desperation yeah in the audition room or just in, on set or in life <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. I mean, people smell that a mile away. You know what I mean? Like, whether it's, yeah, I don't know, relationship, dating, like, you know, work, whatever that is, like, you know, that neediness, that whatever, you know, it's sometimes it gets in your own way. You know, it doesn't allow you to be your full self because you're needed, you know, the work that you're bringing into it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just a different way of, of
0: looking at it for me. But it's not a lesson that you master. And then forever, you're forever, <laughs> chill, right? Yeah. And maybe this is where I can ask you about Macbeth because, like, yeah. I imagine <laughs> that with Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington is—I don't know—I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is it nerve-wracking? Is it high stakes?
1: Certainly high stakes. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah. I mean, look, put, put the words in my mouth, man. That 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 <laughs> is that—that's it right there. I remember the audition, right? I, I every first of all, everybody. Everybody and their mama was trying to audition for this, <laughs> this 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 film. Yeah, and I remember I was overseas and Joel was in town. He was in LA, but I wasn't in LA. And I and I'm like, I'm telling my agent, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how, like, what are we gonna do, man? Like, I gotta, I I want to be in the room. And they're like, Well, you can tape. I'm like, No, 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 no. I want to be in the room, man. I mean, and you know, people have philosophies about like what works best for them and being in the room or taping, and and some people like one or the other. But for this, I wanted to be in the room. So I flew, <laughs> we told them I was there. I flew in literally for one day. You basically um, lied in saying that you were there? Uh, yeah, basically lied. That's and then I, I was like, and then, so I'm like, oh yeah, you know, um, I'm here. So, it, but I, I just remember being in the room with, with Joel and the, the way he, again, you never master that neediness that So like, cause you wanna, yeah. you wanna win the role. You want to show what you can do you want to yeah and i had to for me the key in that audition in that i'll call it a work session is what i call it um Mm -hmm. is that i had to again flip the switch and say and just go completely antithetical to what i was you know and so a lot of the choices that i made for mcduff were maybe completely opposite to what you know, I'd seen before or what people normally would, you know, think of mm. uh, with, with Macduff and, and the scenes that we had worked on in that in that session. And it was just, it was great. I remember asking Joel, I was like, I'd love to read some other roles <laughs> for this Uh-oh. movie. Just, and Joel was like, let's do it. And then we, I ended up reading some other characters and, and he was like, do you want to come back tomorrow? And, and I knew I was flying back, I had to fly back overseas, okay. I was like, No, no, no. I was like, I know the play. Uh, You know, let me step out. He's like, he's like, step outside for a bit and come back in. And um, and then we just ended up vibing, you know. And I got his vibe and he got my vibe. And and he came in with this sense of not knowing. He was like, I don't. You probably. He said, you probably know more about this than I do. And that just, you know, (laughs) I'm like, maybe I don't think I do, but uh, (laughs) um, but but it leveled the playing field for me a little bit and. it, it gave me a, a sense, a, a space in which to to work. You know, and you were familiar with the play. Yeah, I had done it in uh, in my third year at Juilliard. Yeah. So and you yeah, had played the title role. I played the title role. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that was that was a that was this whole a whole another thing for me because Michael Kahn, who runs Shakespeare Theater in DC, is former. You know, he used to run. He used to be the head of Juilliard. Um, I remember bringing in a scene for him in my second year, and it was from Macbeth. It was the dagger speech, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, oh, "I'm about to merc this. I'm gonna kill it. Like he's, she's gonna love it. Like you know what I mean? I I, I remember like setting up lights and turning off, and the, then putting like t- a set piece in the like. I just it was just again I was doing too much, too was, much, way yeah. too much, more than I need to. You know, it was everything except the words. It was everything except the the, the work, and so. He just he ripped it apart. He ripped it apart, and it, oh. it, that moment humbled me. And from <laughs> that moment on, I realized I was like, I'm doing everything in my power to to make sure that that never happens again. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that I can go toe to toe with you know the best of them. And I I spent the rest of that year just working on the classics, working on texts. Just and then I ended up getting Macbeth <laughs> in the next you know in the next year. So right. um, that was a shock and a surprise to me and it ultimately came back around and helped me later on with for this film so
0: with Joel Cohen saying oh well you probably know more about this than I do yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> whether
0: yeah. Not that's true like, whether or <laughs> not
1: it's true you know <laughs> what I mean I'm, I was uh just just the fact that he even said that was you know huge that's just how he is man He's just such a collaborative artist you know and I appreciate that that's so cool
0: and um what goes into it what I guess this is speaking to. Mm-hmm. this role in particular, but maybe all of the roles, there must be research for something like this. The role's been performed many, many times by many, mm-hmm. many actors mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. many, many shows. Like, are you having to think about that? There there aren't as many, of course, any cinematic adaptation of Macbeth is gonna be its own thing, but yeah. there's also Macbeth films to consider, or maybe there not consider.
1: It, well, there, there are, and I think you have to, I think this is a a bit of a non-traditional sort of our take on it and i think you have to consider those films i, I think joel certainly and, and bruno as well in terms of the cinematography of this film you have to consider the worlds in which we're inhabiting i mean it'd be it'd be silly not to you know what i mean that's 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 our jobs is to to look back and sort of see uh and then you know some people make a market choice not to 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 ignore that you know um but i also think it's it, it's it's sort of differs in in so many ways. Just the, the choice to make Macbeth and Lady Macbeth older um, mm-hmm. and how that impacts my character. And I talked to Denzel about this too is just that, you know, that that the idea that this is somebody who you look up to, you know, you're, you're a thane is I'm a Macduff is a thane as well, mm-hmm. but this is someone who you idolize and have idolized for, for many years, someone who you hope to emulate and 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 that respect that goes into that. And, you know, just my, my natural respect for for D as well, like that, all of those, all of those things go into it. And so a lot of those conversations were had, but specifically the rehearsal process was just focusing on the work because all of, you know, it's, it's good to have those other iterations in the back of your mind. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the, the, the play's the thing and it's right in front of us and this is. You know, this is it's different because the, we're the people inhabiting these characters this time. What does that mean? You know, um, and so that's where we started from. Uh, and that was great. Yeah, you can't base
0: your choices in this role primarily or entirely on something like the design, but mm-hmm. you're saying especially, yeah, the cinematography must inform
1: It's maybe subliminally. This is the world of this project, right? Certainly, certainly, and I think actually that's it's a great point. And I think the that the black and white of it all is also really because this play is about. I mean, there's so many. It's it's contrasts, right? It's good and evil. It's fate versus choice, and it's it's Mm -hmm. black and white. And and I we were talking about this yesterday, um, but that thing, you know, whether again, it's subliminally like black that black and white allows the audience to come in and bring whatever they bring to it when people ask what do you want them you know the audience to get from this i don't know i, I can't i can't I, you know i can only bring what i bring in between the black and the white you know what i mean and that yeah. and that also allows the characters to you you can just imbue these characters with so many so much nuance or so little you know sometimes when if a, if a, there's too much going on the the nuance sometimes gets missed, and Joel wanted to focus on the nuance of the language, and allow that to to be the thing that drives us. That's the that's the driving force. That's the drum beat. That's the you know a drum a drum effect. you know what I mean. That that's 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 what that is. And so yeah, it does. It is all a conversation, and, and even more so with these guys because they're masters of their craft. So you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I love that Shakespeare. Going back to the roadmap idea, Shakespeare's got it right there in the the rhythm of the words. That that's what it has to come back to.
1: Yeah, man. This yeah, is the nerdy stuff. I love talking. About. Dude, me too. Because at a conversation just recently about just what this is, and and Shakespeare sometimes, you know, I think it can sometimes seem like this sort of dusty relic that sits on a shelf, you know, and can only be observed and analyzed and and discussed with, with, you know, those who feel they are the be all and end all here, you know, but to to quote, but like, you know, it just, for me, it's more than that. He was a poet, you know what I mean? And in the same way that I can identify with it, because, you know, yes, I played Dr. Dre and I know N.W.A. They were poets of the streets. So cool. He was a poet of the streets. Yes. His politics, his his all of that. It was the lower class who who, you know, stood in throngs to just to that that's what they, mm. you know, that was their entertainment of, you know what I mean? It was, it was the common denominator. It was like level again, leveling the playing field. That for me is the most important part. And the beautiful part of being a part of this is that it's all right there. It's all on the page. The musicality of it. Is inherent in who we are, you know, the way we speak, that that you know, all of that. It's just a different time, but he's talking about the same stuff. I just dig it because because you can just flip it and and it applies to you know where we are now. It applies to where we were ten years ago. Tell yeah. me, you know, but that's a sign of a great writer who's responding to you know the human condition and and where we are. The common thread between playing Dr. Dre
0: and playing Shakespeare is fascinating, That is, <laughs> it's wild, man. Um, that probably has more in common than, yeah, than any of your other big uh, bo- screen roles, like. I would say, yeah. It's yeah. both poetry, or both, yeah, like you're saying, they're both poets.
1: I think so, I mean, they, they, they all are, I mean, rap in general, hip hop in general, what it was born out of, again, I mean, mm-hmm. these are people who are, you know, there's a there's a struggle there there's an inherent struggle and i think that's the thing where we all identify whether you're black or you're white or you know you're asian latino like whatever that is we you know whether you're a man or you're a woman or or identify as other whatever that is you we all understand struggle and we all can can find that common language and i think shakespeare beautifully beautifully was able to and just, the, oh, man, just like sitting in a room together with these actors, who are all stage actors in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sit, we sat in a room with wooden, torn up wooden boards and, mm-hmm. and backdrops from old Warner Brother movies. And, and we just sat there and talked and just talked. Mm-hmm. And then the conversations turned into other conversations and that. But it all came from what we were reading on the page. And I just thought that was so dope, man. I was totally. like- this is where we are. And this is what Shakespeare does for us today. Yeah. It's the same thing when you hear a song, a rap song, you know, you get together, you might talk about it, you you know, or, or whatever song you like, whatever that lyricism is, there's something about that. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. The play's 400 years old. It's like the fact that they can still resonate and still people can come together and have that connection. It's, And of course you mentioned um, masters of their craft. I just have to ask, like Denzel, I guess, in particular, I'm thinking about like the last act or the you know the last scene with the two of you. Yeah. What you're saying about your character looks up to his character, and then you look up to him off screen. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear about how that last scene resolves all of that, or concludes all of that, or like it all mm-hmm. comes to a head. And I also just want to know what fight choreography with Denzel Washington is like.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, um, man, um, great questions. Um, <laughs> too many no no it's good it's good it's, good. it's great because it's good to finally like it's like after seeing it to actually go back and like think about it and talk about it like yeah 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 i just I, because i dig it because i just used to love hearing other actors talk about what that process is and like you know um mm. i remember reading like actors at work and reading francis's uh francis this uh, <laughs> chapter in that book and being like what? Like she's amazing. Yeah. Like man. I, and then now to work with her on this. And then literally last night I was talking to her about that parapet scene. Um, we were wow. sitting like the mantle of this fireplace, and like I'm just like we're just talking about this moment in this film, and also the space that it uh, that it allows for the the you know the climax of this film. You have two black men sitting there talking to each other, leveling with each other the moment when he realizes he's actually met his fate and then still chooses to still chooses to to keep his head up and go on you know that moment when i when macduff steps in and sees the man who he has idolized his entire life his hero up on that parapet another man who looks just like him hmm. in this world where there may not be many who look just like him sure and it's just it's just so it's just so simple and it's so powerful just the imagery imagery of it but but also just where they're coming from man like and then and then they both choose to get on with it you know it's like this is where we are you've you've murdered my family you've murdered i mean ev- all of that like even in the in the scene in the forest when i'm talking about that and that's the difference between macbeth and macduff right mm-hmm. i think macduff is a strong soldier, but it's his humanity is his morality. It's it's the thing he turns away. And I talked to Joel about that because we had set up the camera right there for that to catch that moment. And I had to turn away and we talked about what that. He was yeah. like, oh, I love it. Like, so let's move the camera around and, and go because this man, you know, because being strong, this idea of, of strength and masculinity and what mm-hmm. that is, he says to Malcolm in this in the scene, he says, you know, Malcolm's like, you know, basically he's like, man up, man. Let's yep. go and go and get him. He's like, I am a man, but first I have to feel it as a man, mm-hmm. and that is okay. You know, that's okay, and I love that, man. I'm yeah. like, yo, like we we can we can learn a lesson from that, and yeah. and the fact that he hears that he asks again. He's like, my wife, are you, but my wife, but my children, my children, but all of them, and then he blames himself. Mm-hmm. After being told that Macbeth did it, he blames himself mm-hmm. for not being there. He doesn't blame Macbeth. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so and so that that was where we operated from and it all led up to, and I just remember talking to Denzel about what that is, because Denzel has children, I, you know, who I know, who I work with, JD, and you know, they've raised a family and they've they, you know, and and just talking and, and mulling over that process and what that is, um, to finally meet there on that parapet and then go to town you know it's like Good. it's me and you and i just i got spoiled because i'm like <laughs> i mean who what, what do you do now you know what i mean it's like i just <laughs> like balance like i want to work with directors like that actors like that all the time That's true you know? yeah well i totally. hope to do that you know all the time and, and do that for someone else one day
0: yeah this is why the the dream the goal the ambitions have to change as an artist they have to keep evolving well so we always have to ask of course for the for the advice and you've given excellent audition advice what do you wish you'd known speaking of this idea of the goals changing what do you want early early career actors to know what's like the number one piece of advice
1: oh man that's a,
0: that's,
1: that's a good one uh, to be honest um other than working with a, a little more ease like if i if I had seen uh, if I could talk to younger younger corey that that would be what it is it's just like Mm-hmm. allow let it go you know because everything that that will be will be what's yours is yours and mm-hmm. no one can take that from you whether that's you know a role whether that's whatever it is it's it's yours it's already written and so i've learned to just stop stress stressing about stuff yeah. and it actually has just opened up once you know i, I sort of have this this thing and, and my great grandmother used to talk about it all the time too it's like you know, you can't receive anything, you know, with a closed fist, right? So you just have to open your hand and just allow it and let it, and that letting go of it all, you're opening your hand so that you can receive it. Whether it's now, or it's in 10 years, or it's in 20 years, it's coming, but you just gotta be, you gotta be open. Yeah. I don't know if I would've, but I don't know if, I, I just I also appreciate the fact that younger Corey went through and learned those lessons too, you know what I mean? So it's like, part of it you do have to go through, right? Like you can't learn it before you learn it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You learn it from experience, and when you're ready, yes. and, and all of that. And I think, uh, so yeah. And I'm still, I'm again, I'm still learning. So it's crazy. And I'm like advice to young actors. I'm like, I don't know. Absolutely. Somebody give me advice, <laughs> you Yeah.
0: Know. And we'll do this again in ten years, and you can add, you can give ten years ago advice to this Corey. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, man. <laughs> I hope so. Um, can I ask one more quick question? We ask everyone. Um, what is one performance? stage, screen, TV film that you think every actor should see and study? Um, well, so make, make people pick favorites.
1: Well, I mean, just uh, it's going to be an easy one. And it's probably not the one you want to hear, but it's it's we were talking about this again. It's I think Macbeth is literally something that will be studied in uh, film schools. It will be studied in, in drama schools. Mm-hmm. I think theater, whatever that is, watching Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington go yes. to toe um, in this movie is uh, is a lesson again in, in what's possible. What is possible, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be this, it doesn't have to be that. It can be, Shakespeare can be what you need it to be and what you want it to be. And that's how malleable it is. And I think these actors, um, the risks that they took, putting this up and mounting this and doing this at this point in their career, they didn't have to didn't have to you know they 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 don't have to prove anything to anybody mm-hmm. they are still flexing the, in those muscles and, and and I think that's great so everyone go see that <laughs> <laughs> of course gosh Corey thank you so much this is so lovely thanks man this was fun
0: this was dope what a great conversation and yeah. so many working actors are going to get so much out of this so thank you
1: Oh man, I, that means a lot. And I'm just incredibly grateful to the backstage and everybody. For, you know, I got a lot of it out of it back in the day, too. So, and That's still. So good to hear. Yeah. Thank you.